welcome to Make Your Life Magnificent with coaches Jackie and Mimi, co-founders of The Resting Mind. We're keeping it real with Generation X women talking about the stuff that keeps you up at night. From managing the demands of your career, life, and everything in between, all while dealing with Gen X issues like finances, aging parents, perimenopause, oh, and menopause, ugh, confidence, and anxiety. Jackie. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. You are a Gen X lady. (laughs) That is such a Gen X word. I know it is. And do you say totally rad as well? Totally. (laughs) I love that. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome everybody. We're so excited to have you here another week. Another week. Thanks for tuning in. Tuning in like TV. Maybe one day. Maybe. Maybe. We have high hopes. We're going to be moving the Gen X world into a new realm. We are. Yes. yes. Can't wait. Me neither. <laughs> All right. So today we are talking about worry. Jackie, did you know that over 50% of Gen X women have declared themselves anxious? That's unbelievable to me. Yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, an article came out a couple of, a couple of, I want to say like a year ago. And it was called The New Midlife Crisis. That was the Oprah article in the Oprah magazine. It got such incredible publicity. Yeah, it did. It did, and there's good reason why. It really talked about how Gen X women are under so much pressure, um, more than ever before, and that we are self-medicating and we're doing things like smoking out the window or drinking like one extra glass of wine at night or shopping or just scrolling on social media mindlessly. Why? Because we're trying to buffer out all of the worry, anxiety, and all the other pressure that we're under. It's so funny you said that because I do a girl's trip with a bunch of my friends every Mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. There's It ranges between 12 and 15 of us. Mm -hmm. It's a big group. And we go upstate at my friend's house, and we all kind of hunker down and play games. Yes, it's so much fun. But out of all of the women, there's only four of us that don't smoke when we're stressed. Interesting. Four of us. And it's so powerful when I see them all go outside, and I'm like, wow. They only do this when they're stressed or when they're away and they're drinking and they're stressed. Mm -hmm. And the more they do it, the more they link stress to cigarette smoking. That's interesting. I got to admit, I I would be outside. Do you smoke? uh, I used to socially. And a couple of years ago, I went through a really stressful period. And um, I got to admit, I always had a pack of cigarettes in the car. I stopped it because I, first of all, it's gross and it's not good for you at all. So I stopped it. But um, yeah, I, when I'm stressed out, a good cigarette feels good. See, and mine is a glass of wine. That's interesting. But I've also realized that um, I can't, I, I've been trying to not drink wine during the week. I enjoy it while I cook, but mm-hmm, I also know mm-hmm. that it helps me relax. Mm-hmm. But it's just a bad, it's a bad habit. It becomes a slippery slope, It becomes right? a slippery slope. And so that's what this article really talked about. It was, it was really a huge eye-opener for, for me. I, I couldn't believe it. But before we dive into today's episode and talk more about worry, 
I want to remind you guys to go to theRestingMind.com and download five steps to stress less. And that's really a great kind of segue into what we're talking about today, which is worry. Now, Jackie, you talked to me um, not that long ago about something that I thought was fascinating, and you called it the worry tantrum. It's the worry. I, I named and it myself. I, <laughs> I love this. Well, I, I, it's so funny because we everything that we do is based in it's neuroscience, based on, yeah. positive psychology, energy leadership, and habits. And so I do lots of research as I am kind of thinking about new ways to move people through our process. Mm-hmm. I came up with this, this whole thing that happens in your brain when you worry. And I realized, actually, not only when you worry, but when something triggers you. And what I realized is that it's, it was a worry tantrum. Mm. So I kind of, let me, let me step back a little bit here, because if you're a mom, if you're an aunt, mm-hmm. if you have an adult husband who acts like a toddler, you've <laughs> all experienced a toddler tantrum. Yeah. Right? So if, if you, you ever were it, a toddler. If you ever were a toddler, right? But think about it. Think about the tantrum that a toddler has. Mm. If you really think about it, pay close attention, you can actually see the switch go off. Right? You can see the moment you've lost the kid. And you can see that there's this very short period before it goes from the switch going off and a complete wild, throwing yourself on the floor, screaming, crying, carrying on. And there is this period of time where your response hits the brain of a toddler or ourselves, Mm -hmm. and we can stop ourselves from falling apart. So Mm -hmm. when your child gets to that place Mm -hmm. where they're not coming back... That's like when that kid takes a deep breath and you're like, oh, here it comes. Oh, here it comes, (laughs) right? They can tantrum, right, for 10 minutes, 20 minutes... It's not as if they tantrum, throw themselves on the floor, and they can come back from it. Right. They can't, once they're there, they can't turn it off, right? So a tantrum is when you get an extreme emotion that then you can't come back from, Mm -hmm. right? That's a tantrum. Mm -hmm. So what we have coined is something we call the worry tantrum. Yeah, this makes perfect sense to me. And it does because it applies to that moment when you start to worry about something, right? Mm -hmm. You feel something come up and something starts to happen in your brain. You have six seconds to actually lose it and have a tantrum Mm -hmm. or to try to bring yourself back down. Mm. It's six seconds. So here's what happens in that six seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm going to break it down. It gets a little sciencey, but it's fascinating. Mm. So something hits you and you want to worry. Okay. So all of a sudden you start thinking about, oh my goodness, I haven't done Ooh. my laundry. No, laundry is a bad exit. Taxes maybe? Or taxes. Or I have a report that's due for work mm. tomorrow, right? So all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I have this report that's due for work tomorrow. And all of a sudden you start to worry, right? Because it came out of your subconscious mind. It's the reminder. And what happens is the fight or flight in your brain goes off. Mm-hmm. And that's the amygdala, the hippocampus mm-hmm. that goes off mm-hmm. in your brain. And it's kind of your where you're going to say, okay, I'm going to give you as much energy as I can to get through this, which is why the fight or flight goes off. Oh, that's... So it sends a signal to your heart okay. to pump faster. Mm-hmm. So that's why you physically have your heart yeah, your heart's starting pounding. to race. And then the blood rushes to your extremities. Mm. And think about this. 
This goes back to our primal need to be able to survive. So if your fight or flight went off, what did you have to do back in the day? You had to run. So that the lion didn't eat your ass, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to run. So that's why the blood (laughs) pumps to your extremities. And it takes six seconds for your blood to flow back to your heart Mm -hmm. and actually regulate. I know sometimes when I'm really feeling panic, I almost feel like like my blood goes cold. Is that the same thing? I, I maybe because your blood when your blood's pumping fast yeah, it's like, like thinner it just, and yeah. you know, when, you, when yeah, your blood's like it thin just, it's cold. Yeah, so. it's probably, but I don't know the science behind that, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So here's the trick: if you can get control in those six seconds of your worry and recognize it, if something comes into your head like, "Oh my goodness, I have to do this report," write it down. Uh-huh. Recognize that you can get it done, and take a deep breath. Because if you can get past that six seconds, you actually won't trigger and you won't have the tantrum. But if you don't stop yourself before, you know, if you react within those six seconds, we can lose you. We can lose you for 10 minutes, an hour, a day. I could bring the whole day, really. Absolutely. So there is science behind stopping before you get to that six-second rush. It's the six-second rule. Yeah. We, we've, we've talked about this before. We have. We, yeah. we have. We actually did a workshop on mm-hmm. this, and we taught them to sing. Mm-hmm. So Should if, we do it? Yes, I guess we can do it. because we. So this is going to be on forever. I have a terrible voice. So do I. My voice is even worse than yours. Um, I don't know about that. But if you feel yourself about to worry, mm-hmm. do this. Oh, we're halfway there. Oh, living on a prayer. That takes about eight seconds. Yeah. But John John Bon Jovi's going to have a temper tantrum when he hears that. <laughs> the, but, the, but there is a, but it, it'll release and change the energy for mm-hmm. you. And that's what's really important. So we want to teach this to you because this small strategy mm. could change the day for you from having a blip of worry to having a tantrum. A tantrum. And Jackie, you said something that was really interesting. You said the six seconds can change the energy for you. And I really love that. I mean, first of all, it's completely true. But let's talk a little bit about that. Worry is something that builds, right? So we start to worry about something. When we go into a full-blown worry tantrum, we're piling everything in our lives into that tantrum, right? It's Absolutely. not just what triggered us. It's, you know, everything, So it quickly builds. And then what happens at the same time, though, is not only are the chemicals in your brain firing off, like Jackie just talked about, it's literally shifting your energy. So let's talk about that for a few minutes. From an energetic energy leadership perspective, you have seven levels of energy. One is the lowest, seven is the highest. What worry is actually a level one energy. It's as low as you can go. So what does this mean? Well, it's catabolic. It's a catabolic energy, and that breaks things down. And it means that it's not productive. Um, So the more you're in that state, like you really just can't get out of it because anything, any thoughts that you're coming up with to try to get yourself out of it, like you're not even... No, they're supporting the low energy. Yeah, they're supporting the low energy. Everything around you supports that low energy because because the 
view in which you're seeing everything is from that low energy. Exactly. And your brain attracts that attracts like energies. Absolutely. And so what happens is your thoughts actually are what create your emotions, right? So when your thought is something like, you know, worry or thoughts of like, I should just give up or I can't get this done or this is, my life is a mess, right? Your emotion then becomes worry. And then out of your emotions is where you take action. Mm -hmm. So if you're taking action from this place of, you know, I give up, worry, the action is gonna be like, either you're doing nothing or you're digging yourself into a deeper hole. It becomes like one big cycle. Yeah, or you, fi- or you find that you find more evidence to say, this is yes. why I should be worried, right? So you just go keep going into that, yeah. oh my goodness, and I should be worried because what happens if this happens right. next? And what happens if that happens Right, that's next? a full-blown worry tantrum right wor- there. It's a like looking for that tantrum. evidence, right? Looking for the evidence. Now, you can maybe, and I'm sure we can all relate to this too, someone sees you kind of freaking out and they're like, what's going on? And you're like, I'm worried about whatever. And they say, I'm worried about giving this presentation. Oh, calm down. All right, that's not that's unhelpful. Like you it slash the, people, that is, is not helpful. It is the worst thing that you can say to somebody because if they could, they would. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you and telling so, me that doesn't make me any calmer. No. It actually makes me more anxious because I feel like well, I can't get calm. Right, and what will happen also is it'll bring you maybe up to the next level of energy, which is level two. But that's still catabolic, and it's anger, right? right? So if you tell me to calm down when I'm freaking out, it's going to just really piss me off and yes. make me angry and make me spin out more. So now not only am I worried, I'm angry. Right. So, you know, is it a higher energy level? Yeah, but but it's still really not productive at all. So the goal is to get you to like a level three. Now, I know we're getting really technical with these energy levels, but the goal is to get you to a level three. That's what taking those six seconds will help you do. You're giving yourself a little space there. And the level three is where you can start thinking a little bit more rationally and you start thinking about coping better, right? You start implementing these tools to cope. And from this place, we can take a more positive action. And that, to, to me though, the, the, the key takeaway there is you're not asking our audience or our clients to go from a level one or two to a level six. Mm-hmm. You're not saying we're going to take you to a level six because we, you, you know how unrealistic it is to go from worry to happy. Yeah. In, you know, it just doesn't happen that way. No. So if you can just shift a little bit, right. that 8% rule that we always talk about, mm-hmm. it can change everything and it makes you more resilient and resilience these things are going to happen well, let's talk you're about going, resilience yeah that's a great right, like, you're going a whole to worry. episode on resilience we do I need to that. do a whole episode on resilience because you are going to worry you are things are going to happen but if you can bounce back quicker mm-hmm. that's where things can change absolutely you know, i want to share this story because talking about worry this really came up this is coming up for me um it reminds me of this client i had a client recently tell me that she said worrying makes her feel a sense of control she said if i'm not worrying it means that i don't care Mm. and i was i was shocked by hearing that and she said and if i take my eye off the ball and stop worrying then I am not prepared for what will happen. So she's almost using worry. What she was doing was using worry as a defense, a shield. So if I worry about it, I won't get hurt as much. If I worry about it, I'll be prepared. Mm -hmm. If I worry about it, then I won't be as disappointed when it really happens. And 
you know, what, what we worked on was how do you, that, that's not a happy place to no, live in. No, But it goes back to, she felt like that was the action that she was taking, right? We said, thoughts create your emotions, your emotions create your action. Yes. So her action was to get worry and, you know, how did she feel? What action was she taking when she was worrying? She was not, she, her she actions were all, her actions were all about feeling like she was preparing herself. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Right. So those were her actions. It, it was, so it, it's fascinating to me how many people believe this because mm-hmm. this isn't the first time I had heard mm-hmm. it. Actually, I have to admit, I have to, I've made that mistake too. So really? Thinking that thinking if you weren't that, worried about it, you would, yeah, you would. Yeah, I, I actually have felt that if I was worrying about it, uh, it was like taking productive action, which I'm kind of laughing because it's not productive at all. At no, all. but I, but I, I was doing see, something about it. Well, I, and I think part of that too is how many people you know that are, that are self-proclaimed warriors. Mm-hmm. And we, we did an episode on identity. We didn't touch on this, but worry is an ident- identity. Absolutely. People declare themselves as warriors. Right. And so everything they do is linking everything to worry. So they've become this place where everything is linked together. And I'm, oh, well, I'm just a warrior. I'm a warrior. Yeah. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm a neurotic. And I don't know. I don't want to be defining myself that way. So if you find yourself recognizing and identifying yourself as a worrier, we need to do everything we can to unravel that so that you are not actually okay with it. Yeah. It is not an identity and it is not one that you should wear proudly on your sleeve. No, and it's not something that you want to... It's not a place, it's not a state of mind that you want to be in. No. It doesn't feel good. It's it's catabolic. It's It's catabolic energy. It's catabolic energy. So, all right. So what can we, so we've talked about this whole idea of a worry tantrum and Jackie gave some great science backed, a first step, science backed first step on what you can do when you start to feel the worry build. And that's the six seconds of separation. Just so you don't have a worry tantrum. Right. You know, we want to prevent those just like you want to prevent your kid from throwing themselves on the floor you don't say yes to the child so it's not as if you're going to be able to turn it right you don't say yes after you've said no just because you don't want a tantrum but you try to navigate it differently Mm -hmm. so what we want you to do is navigate your worry differently absolutely so we want to help you get to the next level of energy right so you're feeling like the panic is coming on you're going to take that like six seconds to be like whoa what's going on here And now let's talk about what you can do to start to shift that energy. So the first thing is take a break. Like we feel, and Jackie talks a lot about this, like she did a brilliant TED talk, TEDx talk um, about a month ago, where she talked about this need to feel like we have to power through. So if we're heightened and we feel like, oh my God, I got to get this done. We want to power through. It's actually not helpful to do that. You need to take a break and reset. Even if it's for 15 minutes, go out and get some fresh air. Yeah, read a book, read an article. Mm-hmm. Don't don't give in to that worry and don't keep pushing yourself because you're just kind of, um, you're pushing aside the real thing that's going on, right? You're pushing it down and, and worrying, but you're pushing down what's really going on. Absolutely. And the other thing, you know, the next thing we want you to do is become present right Mm -hmm. so worry stems from thinking about your future the Mm -hmm. unknown fueling everything with more evidence from the past from the past but if you just stopped to think about what's really going on get out of that subconscious setting Mm -hmm. because that's what's happening worry you've 
programmed yourself to be a worrier. So when you're on autopilot, you're going to worry. Right. So by becoming mm-hmm. aware, you mm-hmm. can bring yourself into a conscious state and say, is this logical? Right. What am I really worrying about? Mm-hmm. Is this really not going to happen? Right. Or even if you do have a report or something is going on, you're worried about a health diagnosis or something like that. You know, again, it's not thinking about it. You're not being present, right? Because you still, you're waiting for outside information. So try to really be in the moment as much as you can. That will help shift the energy. Right. And, and if it's something that's, you are controlling, which a diagnosis is not, but if it's something you're controlling, think about, think, take a moment to think about, well, how many times have I missed a deadline? Because I guarantee you it's zero or one, mm-hmm. right? So, which is why you worry, because you are a worrier who gets stuff done. But if you recognize that you normally don't do that, then you're going to realize, wait a second, what would make me think I'm going to do that now just because I like to worry, right. right? It's a very different energy. Mm-hmm. So write everything down. And even the worry that's spiraling in your mind, just getting, taking a few minutes to just write it down on a piece of paper helps get it out of your brain and like out of your brain. Yes. And when you write it down, so here's what's really interesting. We talk about this in the previous episode. When you write everything down, it gets out of your subconscious mind. So the reason why you worry is because when it is in your subconscious mind and comes up for you, all of a sudden you get a panic about Mm. this thing you might have forgotten or this thing that's a deadline. But if you just write it down, it doesn't float in the subconscious. So it doesn't pop up and then it doesn't um, flare your fight or flight mechanism. Yeah. So just writing it all down will take it out of that subconscious space where it feels like it has to keep reminding you because you didn't do it yet. And this is a really important thing also. And this is really a key to getting your energy to the next level is after you write it down, acknowledge that there's a reason why you feel this way. You know, if you're worried about paying your mortgage this month and you just had like, you know, your water pipe burst and you owe all this money, of course you're going to be worried about it. Yes. So, you know, give yourself that space to say, you know, this is not something I'm making up or, you know, flying off the handle about. Acknowledge um, it. Don't push it down. It. Don't push it down. Yeah. No. When you push when it down, it bubbles up and it, it explodes. Up. Exactly. All right, another thing. You know we're going to say it. Hire a coach. Yes. You know, a lot of these things that we teach, you can do yourself. But here's the difference. Most people don't have the practice, the patience, the discipline to keep doing these things on a daily, regular mm-hmm. basis. The accountability. The accountability. And also really peeling away the onion of what's going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. What is the underlying factor on why you are worrying? And this is not, and it's not therapy, but it is understanding it and then shifting it and coming up with strategies and practices so that you can rewire your brain so where you want to be consciously not a worrier mm-hmm. is in alignment with where you are subconsciously mm. a worrier exactly because all of those old limiting beliefs and thought patterns they're embedded in our subconscious we don't even we take them for truth and fact yes. and they're really not and a coach will help you decipher what the difference is yeah. you know i'm a big you know that i'm always working with coaches I myself know. you me know too. me too and you know watch your mouth Mm. When I say that, I mean that in the best possible way. But our own language that we use on ourselves impacts our energy and our brain 
and our neural pathways, right? So when you are worried, stop saying, I shouldn't be worried. Mm -hmm. As soon as you say, I shouldn't be worried, you know what happens? You actually get more worried Mm. because you're putting pressure on yourself that you shouldn't be this way, right? I shouldn't be overweight. That feels like I need to put pressure to not be overweight. Right. Instead, be kinder to yourself. You know, say things that, like, I... I need to find a new way to look at this. That's mm-hmm. a very different thing than I shouldn't worry. Right. Don't scold yourself. That is, be kind to yourself. You you know, only talk to yourself the way you would talk to others. If somebody was eating a piece of cake and they were on a diet, if you said to them, you shouldn't eat that cake, that feels very judgmental. Mm-hmm. So don't judge yourself. Mm. But if you said to somebody, yeah. I know you're watching what you ate, do you really want the cake? Right. Because if you really want the cake, then just ha- then just have the cake, right? Mm-hmm. That's a d- very different place, and it gives somebody an opportunity to make the choice for themselves without berating them. You give yourself that same choice. Absolutely, I really love that. You know, and the other thing is, and we talked a little bit about this, but acknowledge acknowledge your worries. Like, don't try to push it down. I think yeah. so often we we're going to talk about emotions um, in another episode, in another episode. Yeah. But I think a lot of times we we judge our emotions, right? Like, this is bad. This is good. This is bad. This is right. good. And I think things yes. like worry, anxiety, um, depression all fall into the bad, like, this is bad emotion. Yeah. Let's not judge our emotions, right? And let's not just try to push them away and make them go away and, and not think you about it. You actually have to embrace them. You have you to have embrace to it. Embrace and I know it feels uncomfortable, feel, but... Feel, yes, and you know, change them. You need to be like, again, it goes back. They just, you need to be... How many times have you talked to a friend and they've acknowledged what you're going through? You feel so much better. You want to be heard. You want to be Your emotions yes. are the same be thing. Be a good listener to yeah. yourself. That's yeah. A great, that's a really great way to say that. Mm-hmm. Like, be kind and be a good listener to yourself. Yeah. The same way you would for a friend who mm-hmm. was unloading on you. Don't right. do it with judgment. Don't do it with trying to change them. Do it with acknowledgement and do it with a realization, a real eye to... How would I help my friend if she was right. telling me this worry thing? Right. Because when you step away from the um, the emotional attachment you have to your own emotions, mm-hmm. you can see very vividly. And it, it is, quite frankly, why Mimi and I both have coaches. Because mm-hmm. as much as I know the practices and the principles of coaching... It is a very different thing when I'm close to something to be able to step away right. and see it from a different perspective because I'm attached to it. Absolutely. My dinosaur, I call them dinosaur babies. Mm-hmm. I, I get You get attached to your own ideas, even if they're not good ones. So, Absolutely. So it's the same thing. You get attached to your own emotions, even if they're not healthy. Right. And someone could really question, like, is this really true? Or how can we start to shift things? Yes. You know, sometimes we think we have no power to make change. And we have lots of opportunities to do that. So let's wrap up. Yes, let's wrap up. So, so, so we talked a lot about it. This is one of our um, practices that we really enjoy teaching people. Mm-hmm. It is very eye-opening when people recognize that there's this whole tantrum. And then when they have the tantrum after learning this, they're like, oh, my God, I'm really having it. I'm really having a worry tantrum. Mm-hmm. I'm having a t- I'm a toddler. So they recognize it. And it's that recognition that helps you change. You know, here's the thing. You're going to end this podcast and you're going to skip along the way and you're going to be happy and you're going to be inspired. I'm happy you're going to say, I know what you're going to say. I'm happy you're going to say it. Go ahead. uh, And you're going to say like, that was so insightful. 
But now you have a choice, right? You can think, great, interesting, insightful, I'm inspired, and then just go on with your day and forget mm-hmm. about this. Or you can make a conscious choice to think about how am I going to put into practice all of these techniques so that I am not a worrier all the mm-hmm. time. What can I do every single day to change my worry identity and my worry persona? Is that what you, is that I, what you thought I was going to say? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, one thing that just came up for me, um, I am going to challenge you guys. I think that you should all spend 99 cents or $1.29 and download Living on a Prayer and maybe make it even You don't original. even have to do that anymore. You yeah. don't know if you if you probably most people have subscriptions to oh, Spotify or I, you know, Google. That's one thing or, I don't. Really? Yeah, I don't. We listen to music. Well, actually, it's funny. We used to listen to a lot more music in the house, but now that our our daughter's taste has changed very differently from mm-hmm, ours, mm-hmm. we used to we used to listen to a ton of music. And funny story. I'm going to digress for a moment, but it's, I love these funny stories. We used to listen to music all the time. And when our daughter was lis- little, we would really want to introduce her to lots of different artists. So we yeah, would do. What about the Beatles? Jackie doesn't like the Beatles, which is a huge... Don't judge! Don't judge! It's a huge bone of... I know. Okay. So we would listen to Elvis, who you don't like. We would listen to Nirvana. We would Mm. listen to Michael Jackson. Mm. We would listen to Johnny Cash. What about Roy Orbison? I like him. We didn't listen to Roy Orbison, but but we listened to all of these... um, We listened to Whitney Houston. We listened to all these Mm -hmm. great artists. Mm Mm-hmm. And what we re- what we realized is when my daughter got a little older, she was about three and a half, she would say, can we go see them? Can we go see them? And we'd be like, oh, no, they're dead. <laughs> and then we realized that we were introducing her to all of these artists that mm-hmm. had passed. Prince, another one. Right, right, like right. all of this great music. Michael, uh, uh, George Michael oh, was yeah, another yeah, one. I love George like Michael. All of these great artists. And she would say, oh, I like this music. Let's go see them. And I'd be like, oh, oh. they're dead. So we started to having having to introduce the Foo Fighters or... Um, I was going to say Stone Temple Pilots, dead too. But we start introducing more non-dead artists <laughs> so that she can understand well, that I'd not like all to, great music is from people who died. I'd like to point out <laughs> that two of the Beatles are still alive. I know. <laughs> they can be dead or alive. Wanted, dead or alive. Bon Jovi, another, another reference. All right, so so make sure that you take all of these things and put it into practice. That's what we put want it to into listen, practice. Listen to so and and, and and shift your. You know, I'm glad we're, we ended on this kind of silly note in a way, because laughter is truly the best way to shift your energy, and that's another fantastic thing. Like when you're feeling like you're gonna have a worry tantrum, right? Like shifting that energy, taking the six seconds and laughing. I mean, yes. it's the best medicine ever. Absolutely. So, so if you've liked this episode and you enjoy Make Your Life Magnificent, please go and leave a review and do it right now because it's the end because we can really use all the support so that we can have other Gen X women find us, get influenced to change their life and make their life magnificent. So until next week, cheers, cheers to, to your, your magnificence. magnificence. If you like this episode, leave us a review. It'll help other Gen X women find us so they can make their life magnificent.